Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Talent Intelligence Podcast, where we discuss all things HR, talent, recruitment, and the general talent world. Today, we have Marina Blanco, um, who is founder of Learn to Fly. She is a talent and development uh, consultant. She's a headhunter and she's an all-round talent guru. Uh, Marina, how are you doing today? Hi, fine, Claire. Thanks for inviting me here. Um, Marina, the first thing I would like to do is just get a bit of background for our listeners um, and viewers on who you are, what you do, um, and a little bit about your professional life. Okay. I've been, I am an HR professional, uh, so I've been working in HR departments for many, many years, around 16, something like that, I think. Wow. Already. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always been working for international companies and multinational uh, uh, companies. So working in the talent development side, uh, developing teams and also doing headhunting and the talent side also like working on, on all this type. And in the last year, I've changed a little bit. So now I'm working as a freelancer, but I am always uh, been working in uh, different companies and well-known companies. Yeah, when we first started chatting, I had I had a look on your um, LinkedIn, and um, there is there's quite a lot of experience in this industry on there. Yeah, well, I've worked for many of the big ones like Unilever or Bacardi, or I'm also welling that it's an airline. So yeah, nice companies to grow and learn has been has been nice to be there working. Great. So. In, I always like to kick off the, the podcast with a little bit of an, an icebreaker, right? So you have been, worked for many companies and I imagine you have taken part in or hosted many interviews in your time. Um, can you tell me, what is the funniest thing that has ever happened to you in an interview, either as the interviewer or as the interviewee? Uh, yeah, well, of course, I can't remember all the interviews I've done in my <laughs> life. I've been like hundreds or I don't know, many. And and you always have a lot of different situations, strange ones, even sometimes uncomfortable. But I remember once uh, I was interviewing a guy. Uh, I, I can't say the company where I was working. Because of course. Yeah, but um, when he arrived, I was feeling like, hmm, he has a strange perfume. But I'm a little bit like, I don't like a lot the the smell. So I Ah, okay, nothing. And then when he started speaking, I was thinking he speaks strange. And then I realized that, hey, this smell, this, this alcohol. So yeah, I realized that he was drunk. And well, I stopped the interview and I said to him like, well, I think that you are not in the mood to do an interview now. Uh, I think that we can talk all the day or whatever. Of course, he knew what I was talking about. So nothing more need to be said. And of course, I've never knew anything more about him but um nothing more yeah it was quite strange like going drunk to an interview yeah. yeah do you think do you think yeah. he maybe just felt really nervous and just had a couple beforehand to steady his nerves? i don't know Pro yeah probably can be that For, i mean of course he was not drunk like uh, super super drunk but the feeling was like you have yeah i smell that so yeah wow. one beer too i don't know but you cannot go with a beer to an interview well that's so yeah that's definitely that's definitely um, a, a tip that people can take away is don't have a couple of beers before an interview. Yeah, of course, because you said Claire that that probably if you feel nervous, you say, "Well, I will take a beer and I will like I don't know be calm." Yeah, but don't do that. I mean, because if if you if yeah, if the interview is like me, that I smell everything, 
she will she will get that <laughs> so yeah of course it's something that you can't do no no way no so in your so just now apart from interviewing um slightly tipsy people what tell me about what you're currently doing just now and like what your your day-to-day looks like um in your professional capacity well now my day-to-day every day is different so that's nice i work as, as i told you i work as a freelancer right mm-hmm. now and in addition to headhunter projects um i also work as a trainer for different international companies and different projects and i'm also doing executive and career coach mm-hmm. for these companies or, or individuals um on the other hand i'm i'm a psychologist also so as a brief psychotherapist i'm beginning a personal project about uh, phobias and i will start working with uh, with this brief psychotherapist uh, point of view with people who are afraid of flying so yeah i, I really appreciate how different every day is because i, I can work uh, whenever i'm for whatever i want so this was one of my professional it was in my professional bucket list for a long time like being free to work from anywhere in the world yeah so yeah every day is different it's quite nice i love that absolutely do you know it's funny because quite a few of our team at solution driven they have psych psychology backgrounds and quite a few of our guests have psychology backgrounds as well i guess it's just that like interest in people isn't it that takes people into the industry it is it is of course i mean when you work in a jar you need to love working with people because working with and for because yeah it's it's difficult working uh every day with different people every uh, everyone has a different way of doing things so you have to love that yeah so it's probably the background of psychology is one of the most uh the, the, the one that you see more in the jar yeah absolutely so you said that you currently work self-employed and you've been doing that for the for the last year is that right yeah mm-hmm. how did that come about what you said before you'd worked with Unilever Bacardi you'd worked with all these big companies what made you move to being self-employed well as I mentioned um this was on my professional bucket list for a long yeah. time I really planned to do that in 2020 but mm-hmm. COVID changed the plans of uh, all of us yeah so as I enjoy like working for people uh but the impression that I had was just that probably um I could use I, I could there was another way that I could use my skills not only being in the same company with the same people during many years so working on different projects or having the option even to decline a project if I am not feeling it so working with different companies um with different values missions visions so it's a, a daily learning for me mm-hmm. and and i can learn also different work practices every day so i think that it's incredible very enriching for me and of course also i can combine like uh, like traveling while i'm working because for me traveling is it's a state of mind it's not only a vacation so yeah. i can I think that this was the why I ended here. Like, well, this is the formula to work with HR projects, which I love, mm-hmm. but being free uh, to to work uh, for the project that I like and around the world. And of course, being able to start my own project, which I really want to do now. Of course. Um, I'm I'm quite jealous. I I went freelance in 2020 and spent a year freelancing, but of course we were all in lockdown. I was working from home. I didn't really have a team, and it was 
it was too much for me, but I can imagine how amazing it must be when the world's opened up and you can go and you can work from anywhere. It must be a great experience to have. Well, it is, yeah, because you can just, I mean, one of the projects that I'm starting, I start this week in Madrid and then next week I go to Barcelona and then Istanbul, Budapest and so, yeah, Tokyo. And so this for me, it's something that I really appreciate that because it's traveling, but traveling while I'm working in projects that I really love. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And obviously we've just spoke about the pandemic there. That was a huge shift in how we all worked. But I guess from your point of view, from being in the HR and talent space for quite a long time, um, what's the biggest shift you've seen happening in, in the industry in the last, what is it, 16 years you've been working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a little bit more probably, but don't well, tell anyone. I wish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it has been an Olympic jump since I started. Uh, on the side, for example, on the side of the recruitment side, um, not only taking, not only talking about AI, which of course in the last mm. few years and in the last weeks and every day, uh, yeah. changed. Yeah, it changed a lot the way that the, the, the recruiters work, but and also the, the the applicants. It's very different now to apply to a job with the AI, but mm -hmm. the new generations, they want companies that they offer uh, something special, something different and challenging. So they are, we are not talking only about money or even projects. They want more. So unlike many years ago, the candidate was the one and only responsible for convincing the company to hire him or her. Nowadays, you as a recruiter or as a company, you need to give something so the candidate decides to choose you mm. like uh, a partner, like it's a match, you know, they, they, they need to feel that they fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. So you have to work a lot as the, the company side. And yeah. yeah, when I start, this was, you like it? Okay, if you don't like it, another one. So this has changed a lot. And also in the side of training and development, uh, I think that I have the feeling that nowadays, it's like the companies has grown, they, we have grown on that mm -hmm. side uh, from the HR point of view, because in many companies, um, even the HR position, um, the, the, the HR director role is part of the business and is part of the executive committee. So for me, that means that this company, uh, they, they, they made a huge evolution and they think really that the employees are the most important asset to achieve this, their business goals. Mm -hmm. So they invest money in programs to develop them, to develop the teams, to upskill them and, and change roles. So I think that this is something important that we we really take into account the employees or the 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 the, the role of them. So I think that we have it has changed and it has changed in a in a very good uh, a nice uh, way. I think the HR the HR role. Yeah, it's become almost a a two way street, both pre hiring and post hiring. It's what what can you give. What can I give to the company, but also what can the company give to me? And, and that yeah. feeds into the training and development as well, which must make things quite interesting for people like yourself who are quite full spectrum. Well, and it's interesting that these both sides, because of course, it's not only that uh, uh, the, the company wants you, you, you need to want to work with me mm. as a company. So I want you to be really that it's, emo it's something emotional, that it's really that uh, something that you want to be here with me every day. Because if not, it makes no sense. You just come do your job and that's all. Of yeah. course, it's, I mean, you can do it. That's not a problem. But if you want to really 
uh, get more in this role. I think that it's nice. It's a nice way that this, this role is growing. Absolutely. Um, now, your last few roles, and obviously just now you're traveling about the world, it's been you're quite international, quite, quite global um, based. Um, how, do, how do companies ensure that they are like fostering an inclusive culture across different companies, but without losing the, the essence of their company culture? Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is this is really, really the main goal from the HR uh, role or the HR department. Uh, mm -hmm. when you are a global company, of course, is being able to adapt your culture to your different countries. But um, it's not easy because uh, we have to take into account that uh, uh, giving a, a, a really clear for exa example, uh, it's not the same being a woman working in Europe, but being a woman working, I know, in Saudi Arabia, for example. Yeah. So you must be careful in that because you can't force installing a company culture against a country's culture. So you need to know perfectly the country's culture mm -hmm. and try to adapt your company culture there. And if it, it's not fitting your company, uh, must, I mean, it, it's, it's not the place to be because uh, it's impossible to fit a culture company in a country that they don't allow, whatever. I mean, I don't want to put examples that, uh, you know, but yeah. um so this is something that if you have an HR uh, um, department in the com in the country, of course you need to use them. Just like mm -hmm. to know a little bit how the country is working, what cultural things you can put, you can say, you can do, and what you can adapt. And if you don't have the team there, you, your your main responsibility is to know what's the culture of this country. How can I adapt my, my culture from my company to here? It has to fit. You cannot force that. So it's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge that it's difficult, of course, when you are very very global and you are in many countries. Yeah, of course, we half of um, not half, but we have um, a large part of our team that work over in the Philippines, um, and they are. We do a kind of company review every year, where it is completely um, anonymous. Everyone, you know gives their opinion on different facets of the yeah. company and they're anonymous but we can like break it down into for example like country if there's more than 20 people there or a department or for mm -hmm. example and we realized that our Philippines team all had put that oh, they were 100% happy with absolutely everything <laughs> um and, and and it's funny because we we had to kind of think well how can we ask these questions and how can we ensure that we're getting real responses from them because sure you'd love to believe that everyone is 100 percent happy with yeah. every single thing yeah. but of course that's that's maybe not true and it's funny because i was talking to um one of my team she's um based over in the philippines and i was talking to her and she was laughing and she was like we will always say that we are happy like we will never <laughs> say you know so it's just that like yeah. mentality shifting culture that you have to be aware of rather than just saying yeah everything's 100 percent fine over there do you know yeah, I have to take into account that, for example, with this project that uh, that I'm starting this week, um, I remember that I told them like, okay, when we talk about feedback, it's not the same feedback in Spain, not feedback in Japan, for example, yeah. or, in Singapore, or in Singapore or in Shanghai. So we have to take into account that. So if the culture of my company or the company that I'm training um, is that 
wow, feedback is the, the main uh, thing that you have to take into account. Yeah, but be careful because the same feedback that I'm going to give you, it's not the same feedback that, that because if I arrive to Japan as, as a Spanish person, really, I mean, no, this is not going to work for sure. <laughs> we, we don't have the same way of giving feedback for sure. So you have to take take into account the, the, the country culture mm. and try to feed that, but not to force that. Yeah. I went to Japan a few years ago and the amount of people sleeping on trains and in bars and going back to work um, was 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 crazy. And I, I have a friend who lives over there and he's just like the, the difference in how they yeah. view their workplace is so crazily different to hear that it was such a mad culture shock for him when he went over there. So it's interesting super different yeah it's very very different yeah yeah of course um feeding on from that actually so as we work more internationally more remotely you know we're not all sitting in the same office anymore how important I mean you're going to see that employee development and training is important because it is your role but you know in what ways is employee training and development important for that remote and international workforce and also, how do you think it will evolve over the next few years? Well, um, sorry, that I was a big that, question. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that um, I mean we. It's it's real that we are in a in a really uh, um, remote uh, world nowadays. So, and of course, training is also it's always important. And 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 even if you are working remotely or not, mm. and and this is going to. Uh, evolve in the in the next years, uh, but we are not going back. I don't know how to explain it, but of course it, this is going to continue in that way. So you have to take into account that the, probably in many years uh, and more years you will have all your all your teams spread around the world or spread around cities or whatever. So yeah. you have to take into account that um, what do your teams need about that? And it's not only about it's not only about training. It's not only about the person. It's just about what do they need to really achieve the 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 projects and the goals that the company wants. So of course we need good communication, feedback, uh, proper leaderships. These are things that are the clue. But for me, the most important thing is that you need to talk to your team because my team is not going to need the same the same that we were saying now. Of course, if I have a team in the Philippines, they are not going to need the same as my team in Spain mm. for sure. So. It's not only about training. It's not only about being a good a, a good leader, or it's not only about good communication. It's about knowing what your team needs. And if they are not in a face to face daily basis, so if you cannot see them every day, talking, I think that and and good communication, it's the best clue to to, to really uh, achieve the objectives. Because this is not going to change. I think. Um, I mean, it's something that is going to be more and more and more that everyone is going to work remotely. Many, many, many more. I mean, so yeah, I think you have to take into account the team that you have. Absolutely. Um, you. So we've talked about kind of training and talent development, but you also do a bit of headhunting, um, or a, a a fair bit of headhunting. Talking talking about the future again. What do you think will be like the most important skills for a workplace of the future? Obviously, like you know, AI has came in and turned a lot of things on its head. But if you know, if you had a kind of crystal ball, what would be the the things that you would say the workforce of the future will need um, to be successful? Look, talking about head hunting and about AI, um, 
from the headhunter point of view, if someone that is listening to this podcast is not from the HR environment, but it's someone that wants to find a job or something, I just can say like, be careful with that because I've done many trials with the AI, like doing my resume and doing my, uh, and I think that from now on, we still can find the difference if you have made it or not. And of course, yeah. if you, you haven't made your CV and you're after the interview, I will, I will see that this is something that you haven't done. And there is something that here is not matching or so be careful on that because of course it's changing a lot. The AI yeah. and the headhunting point of view, but be careful. So of course it's going to help. And I, I really appreciate the help that we have uh, from the recruiter side, but, um, yeah, and about the skills that you asked me, uh, of course, it depends on the role, it depends on the company, but I think that it's in this global and remote world that we are talking about. Um, the main one for me is change management because the world is changing so quick that mm -hmm. if you are not able to adapt, because of course, I mean, you can have your opinion about AI and you can, you can say that you like it, you don't like it, whatever, but it's there. So you have to, you have to know how it works mm -hmm. because if not, you won't be able to apply to a job or you won't be able to do your job properly or someone is going to do it better. So yeah. is this change management for me? It's very important, like to be up to date around your, around your responsibilities. It's for me, it's very important mm -hmm. also autonomously because we are, we are talking about working remote. So yeah. And probably being results oriented too, because the companies at the end, if I don't care at what time do you work from where do you work, but I want a result. So just manage your time, but go for the results. So I think that this, for me, these are the three main skills probably that we need to have, um, for the, for the next years, but I don't know, it, it's changing so fast. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, I. I'm not sure. Probably next week I will say, I don't know, it needs to be a perfect AI, uh, whatever. Expert. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of sounds like you're saying that people, people need to be able to manage themselves well, man, and not, because again, you're not sitting in an office. You don't have a boss that's looking over your shoulder. Like you mm -hmm. need to be, you need to be a self-starter and be able to get things done without someone micromanaging you, which is a change mm -hmm. for a lot of people, I'd imagine, you know, from it is being in the office every day. And you see, for example, here in Spain, I don't know in, in, in the rest of the countries, but here in Spain, we made a huge um, jump with the, with the COVID and with the remote and everything, because mm. here in Spain, the culture was a lot like being sitting on your chair and these are the eight hours that you... And it's, well, this is not results oriented. It's micromanagement yeah. and many companies, they changed because they had to during mm -hmm. 2020, but then some of them, they, they went back and it was like, wow, you have been 24 seven working from home. And now we have to go back again to the, to the, to the, to the office, which is a little bit strange, but many people, they need this micromanagement. Mm -hmm. So it depends of course, in the role, but in roles that they can work uh, remotely, of course, you need to be. Uh, autonomously for sure absolutely well listen we are drawing to the end um of the podcast here however i am going to ask you to get your not not your crystal ball but i'm going to ask you to to go back in time um and just maybe give me three different things that if you could go back in time um and give 
yourself starting out in a HR, TA, recruitment, three small pieces of advice that you would give yourself starting out in your career? Well, or I two always, or I, one. <laughs> yeah, I always think, uh, I always think that I really choose uh, my job like this in, in, in capital letters because I really love it and mm -hmm. I've been enjoying it for many years. So in that sense, the advice for my, uh, yeah, many years, it was, with, well, you're on the, the correct path, so go, go for there. But for sure, if I go back and I had a, yeah, I have the, the view of what is happening now, uh, I would say to me, like, start before uh, learning about all these coaching things and NLP and more about the person, about the, about the, the, the self, uh, and not only about business. Yes, because I think that we are now we are able, the evolution is that we are all the time like talking about the the self mm. how can you just improve yourself how can things can be better if you change I cannot change you but they can change me so all these things that of course when I start everything was like HR business and numbers and it was not so common to talk about the self or the self improvement mm. so this probably would be one but. Um, I don't know. And probably I would say to myself, like, hey, take more risks. Uh, don't be afraid. I mean, I've taken quite a lot more, I think, than the average person <laughs> because I like, I really like challenging situations. But sometimes I've been a little bit prudent. So, yeah, probably would be like, hey, trust yourself, do it. I mean, what, what can be wrong? So, but I'm quite happy. I think that I, I can go back 16 years ago and say, you did it quite well. You choose. Of course, you can change things, but you choose the right, uh, the yeah. right path. Yeah. Amazing. And I think that if everybody could say that 16 years into their career, then they'd be pretty happy, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, of course. You can all, always change things, of course, and be better, for sure. But yeah, the career and the role, I think that it's something that I love it. Good. That's a that's a nice thing to hear um, on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is great. Well, listen, Marina, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for um, answering my questions and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much for inviting me, Claire. It's been a pleasure. So, thanks. great. Well, have a lovely day. You too. Bye. -bye. Bye. Okay, that is us done. Thank you so much. Um, that was that was really great. Some fantastic answers in there. Um, what I normally do now is I, I was kind of thinking about if if possible putting this out this week. Um, I was gonna maybe cut it this afternoon and then write write it up, send you over the because I usually do a, a blurb and a little bit of explanation more for SEO purposes okay. than anything else. Um, I'll send you over the cut. Um, and then if once you approve it, I will then put it out on our email list of about five, six thousand people and um, share it on our LinkedIn, tag you, all of that. And you can also okay. put it out on your own one as well. Ah, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, cool. Great. Well, I will head off and um, get cutting. But thank you so much. This has been really enjoyable. Thank you. Yeah, it's been very nice. Really. Thank you very much. For did, you, did you get a headshot? Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You will use the one that I haven't been in, and I don't like it. 
Let me check. Yes, all the all the ones that I have, I'm with sunglasses. Oh, okay. I will. I will take it now. Yeah, take a yeah. selfie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> okay, I will send it to you. I will take a selfie now. I hate that, but yeah. <laughs> Needs must. It's it's a professional selfie. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will send it to you today. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank Stay you, soon. Claire. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.